Man, this next segment, it just got out of hand quickly, all right? Between the fact that my Knicks didn't get the number one overall pick and the fact that I literally have no interest left in the NBA playoffs, um, it's just a whole bunch of basketball talk, man. Just It's good. It's good content. It's just like, damn, man, why we... Why couldn't the Knicks just get the number one pick, man? We All we wanted was Zion. That... We just want to tie out, man. I'm tired of watching. I haven't watched one playoff game since since the Sixers got eliminated. Since the Sixers got eliminated? Yeah, that's what I thought you were going to say. <laughs> I haven't watched a single game, bro, because it's just like I really could care less for any of these teams winning. I don't want Giannis to win it um, just because Budenholzer is trash and people need to realize. Like, he's good for, like, the beginning portions of his tenure, but his teams always find a way to crap out. But so do the Raptors. The Raptors always find a way to crap out too. So one of these two teams, like something has to give. <laughs> That's what I was about to say. Niggas said something got to give, son. I would pick the Raptors, but we we all seen what happens when a one man. You pick team, a team. Nah, nah, nah. When a one man team goes up against the because come on, let's be real. The Warriors are going to the championship. Um. We've all seen what the Warriors can do to a team that solely relies on one person. Mm-hmm. Now, Kyle Lowry can't keep up with Steph in nobody's world. And now, if, if there's a slight chance Kevin Durant is able to come back to the finals, then by all means, you know, it, it's going to be slaughter. Now, if he doesn't make it back, you now have an interesting decision to make. Who do you put quiet on? You put him on Clay Thompson? Or do you put him on Steph Curry? I think you put him on Steph. I think that's an easy decision. Nah, man. I think I think you got to put Danny Green on Steph. You got to put somebody, not necessarily smaller for the sake of keeping up, but just like. Yeah, because of going around the screens right, and shit. Right, right. Danny's more adept, and they can switch off between that. Because Siakam, Siakam can guard Steph on the switch. Um, the only person that can't would be Mark Gasol. This is going to be Serge Ibaka series. Series. That, that's what it, that's what it's going to be. That's what it come down to? Oh, yeah, for sure. Now, part of me wants the Raptors to win because if they were to win, Drake is going to drop a fire album for the summer. You know what I'm saying? And it's going to be a great time in Toronto. I think <laughs> I think he planned on doing that anyway. What? Well, He's dropping a fire album for the summer. Eh, but it'll have a different meaning if the Raptors were to, you know what I'm saying, the Raptors were to win that thing for him. Um, and I think it'd be, I don't know, man. I want Kawhi to win it because Kawhi is that, that dude. But, you know, the Raptors are in my division. <laughs> I, I, I kind of didn't want, if I wanted any team to win for my division, I wanted to be the Sixers. I, I've liked the Sixers since I was a kid, even though I was a Knicks fan. And I was all because of number three, the answer. Um, mm-hmm. But speaking of the answer, you... would be Frank Vogel? Why'd you guys hire Frank Vogel? <laughs> Frank Vogel? Frank Vogel? What? Frank Vogel? Vogel? I don't think, I don't, I don't know. Is that what we're doing? We're hiring, we're hiring. Do we used to coach the Pacers? I don't, can you, I just need some enlightenment. You could get nothing out of have, have, have Paul George, Danny Green. 
I mean, not Danny Green. Danny Granger. I know what you meant, brother. Danny it's Granger. Fine. It's fine. That guy? That guy. That's your man. No, no. You know what? I'm not entirely mad at the pickup. I think – so I think the the best thing about the pickup is not only do we get Frank Vogel, we also got Kid. That, to me, is a win because we essentially have two head coaches. One mm-hmm. is a – one is – I like Frank Vogel because he's a defensive-minded guy, and I feel like that's what the Lakers – need to focus on you know what I mean you have LeBron LeBron's gonna make sure that the points go up on the board you know what I mean right so if you if you can lock down the defense if you can find somebody who's going to be able to implement a defensive game plan that can slow down the Warriors that gives LeBron the chance to use his talents to beat them so I like that okay I think I think um, I kind of didn't like it only because Jason Kidd ended up becoming the assistant coach. And I'll tell you why I don't like it. Um, I don't like it because I wanted Jason Kidd to get all the credit as the head coach. Uh, (laughs) I wanted him to be able to turn around. Well, I wouldn't even say turn around, but kickstart Lonzo's career by being the sole, like by being the head coach. You know, I think he's still going to get some credit by, you know, basketball analysts and, you know, a few people out there. But the general public isn't going to really pay too much attention to the fact that Jason Kidd is their assistant coach now. Um, Honestly, I'm surprised that he even took the position of assistant coach. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, he could have ended up being like Mark Jackson when Mark Jackson had that one head coaching gig and he just returned back to ESPN. He's like, Mark Jackson's head coach or bus, and I don't think Jason Kidd wanted to be that guy because okay. Jason Kidd, he's a cool dude. You know what I'm saying? I've never took him as the analyst type. Like, he just doesn't – it doesn't – I don't know. I can't see Jason Kidd being the Mark Jackson of the world when he's joining ESPN or TNT or – or whatever ABC, like I just don't see him joining a, a, a broadcast booth. So he belongs on the sideline. Um, so now, with that being said, Giannis and his development is all old to Jason Kidd. And for yes. anyone who dares to argue differently, look at the numbers. If I vaguely remember the first day Kidd did the press for the Milwaukee Bucks, he literally told <laughs> the media he's going to turn Giannis into a point guard. And he played point guard for those, I think, two, three seasons he was there. And then from there, and then they had an interim head coach, and the interim head coach moved him back down technically to small forward, power forward. Yeah. But just the fact that Jason Kidd put the ball in his hand and told him, here, learn this position. And mm. now you've got Jonas, he has the IQ of a point guard where he's able to, you know, see the certain cuts. Uh, he's he's not averaging the numbers he quite used to where he was, I think, maybe uh, maybe 18, 8, and about a 6 guy. You know, he's mm-hmm. more now of a 28, 11, and like 4 guy. But that's still good. You know, your power form being able to know how to pass is very important. But Jason Kidd doesn't get enough credit for the work he did with not just Giannis, but also with Chris Middleton. Well, um, oh, yeah, definitely with Chris Middleton, too. Uh, and there was one other player that didn't get enough credit. And oh, oh, was it Brogdon? No, nah, it wasn't yeah. Brogdon, but Brogdon shout out to Brogdon, man. A lot of people are out here trying to say that uh Malcolm Brogdon isn't that big of a deal, you know. Uh he's he's not that good and I I get tired of talking about basketball after a while with certain people. Why? Because you just don't they they think you have to be uh the the headline player in order for you to truly, truly be able to get credit for 
being a significant player in in this game. And I and I'm just not for it, Mo. I'm just not here for it. But this is about the Lakers. And this yeah, is about yeah. I was gonna say their, you you acting like me right now, nigga. You need to shut up a little bit. I had talk. to, man, because I'm tired of Jason Kidd not getting the credit he deserves. And part of that credit is for the monster that is Giannis Antetokounmpo. No, uh-huh. I feel you on that. But I think I think Kidd's biggest problem in that regard was he turned Giannis into a point guard and never let him go back down to the paint. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I think that was the I think that was his biggest downfall was because I feel like part of the Bucks' success now is that they have Giannis at the four and they have guards around him that I mean obviously not the best shooters but are somewhat capable shooters capable scorers but when it was kid you know Giannis was legitimately the one you know what I mean mm-hmm. he's not the full he's not a you know a fake one you know as a four he's not a four he's not a one posing as a four or whatever right so now that kid's gone it's allowed him to go back to his position but like you said use all of the skills that kid taught him about being the number one guy on the team and when this happens, you need to be able to find these people. When this happens, you need to be able to take it to the hole. When this happens, you need to be able to break down the defense and kick it out. And you're right. That's that's going to be perfect for Lonzo Ball because Lonzo Ball's game is inside out, I feel like. You know what I mean? A lot of people thought Lonzo Ball was going to come into the league and be Steph Curry. Nobody comes into the league to be Steph Curry. Not even Steph Curry. <laughs> right, exactly. It's- Took Steph Curry five years to get that shot. Right? I mean, well, wait, 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 wait. Now, people are dubbing Trey Young as one of those uh, coming to the league and be Steph Curry type of thing. But I get what you're saying. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I mean, actually, I will give you that. Trey Young was balling last season. But back to what I was saying is, yeah, it's 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 difficult to come into the league and just be a guy who's going to pull up from 35 feet feet out and regularly and sink them. You know what I mean? And And carry a team like that. I mean – also, when you think about it, the Hawks didn't really go nowhere this season, and they didn't really have anybody else for Trey Young to defer to like that. You know, John Collins is a monster, but he can't really create his own shot like that. So it's right. like that's why Trey Young was able to do the Steph Curry thing. But Lonzo Ball, you deferring to to LeBron James. You know what I mean? You you the second or the third to LeBron James. You're not going to be able to develop your outside game throughout the course of a a 48-minute exhibition so that by the time the third quarter, fourth quarter hits, you're able to sink them consistently. You know what I mean? When you're playing with LeBron, it's like when you – like we said with – um, I think it was Kawhi or whatever, but we were talking about it last week. We were saying that there are certain players that, you know, you're waiting for your one shot, and when the one shot comes, you have to make it, and that pressure weighs heavy on people. Right. So this will having kid will allow Lonzo Ball to be like, see, like, okay, I don't have to take these three pointers. I can break down this defense. I can get myself to the rim, kick it out. I can get myself to the rim, Euro. You know what I mean? I can get myself to the rim, run around the the what is it when you when you hook back around through the <laughs> You know what I'm talking about though. Yes, I know what you're talking about, Mom. <laughs> so, but yes, you're right. That that is that is a lot of things that Jason Kidd is gonna help the team out with. Listen, man. Everyone knows I'm a well-documented Knicks fan. And we just knew we had this number one pick. The league, I don't know what we did to piss off the league since about 2000, maybe two, to deserve what we've gotten since then. Um, But we're sorry, okay? 
Now, I'm going to piss a lot of people off when I say this. The draft lottery was rigged this year. I'm not rigged? Say it was, see, see, I was going to say that too. I'm not going to say I'm not going to say it was rigged in the years past because I wasn't paying. I, I mean, I paid attention to it. I wasn't like this year. I was I was into it. Now, Adam it Silver has, has came out and said numerous times that he, you know, he's trying his best, like his absolute, like their number one priority right now is the how to get teams to stop tanking. Well, this is how you get teams to stop tanking. You oh, have yeah. three out of the four worst teams in the league finish outside the top five in the draft lottery. But um, also, just, yeah, I just want to – so another reason I think it's rigged is because they rewarded the Pelicans for not getting rid of their star player. That's – that's and that's – see, I didn't even get a chance to look at it from that perspective. Um, I think it's more so that, and it could be on the other end of that, where it's like, all right, we know your star player is forcing his way out. So that's pretty much diminishing, not necessarily his value, because you're going to get top value for Anthony Davis regardless. Um, uh-huh. But it also, you lose your, a little bit of your leverage where it's like, I mean, we don't know if he wants to leave or not. Like, that's a, no, we well, all know Anthony Davis wants to leave. He almost yeah. refuses to play unless he's going to be in a new team next year. Um, well, everybody in their mama knows it. I think it, was, I think it was a pretty obvious thing going into the lottery that people were like, all right, whoever gets number one, get Zion. Right. And that's going to give them the trade leverage to go out and get AD. And that's what everybody, you know, saw that as. They were like, whoever gets the number one, they're going to have the most trade leverage to go out and get Anthony Davis. So the league decided, no, instead of all that noise, <laughs> we just going to give you Zion. And now the league has to work for Anthony Davis. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It was, they, did, they didn't want it to be that, all right, this guy's going to force his way out. Now, what are these teams that have tanked to get Zion are going to either get Zion or Anthony Davis? Now, all like you said, all those teams who tank for that number one spot come up empty. All right. So, and but, that that's the sad reality behind what, what the situation is. And going back to the draft being rigged, like, I didn't think they were going to make it this obvious. Um, the Lakers had almost, I think, like, what, a 5% chance of making inside the top four? They yep. made it. Uh, yep. The Grizzlies. You damn skippy. The Grizzlies weren't that bad, but they got the number two pick. Why? Because, one, they're about to lose Mike Conley. So, I mean. They weren't. The Grizzlies. So, the Grizzlies wanted to land outside the top eight this season. Oh, yeah, I know. Oh, no, because they, they wanted to have the trade that they made with Celtics. They wanted to have that pick conveyed this season right. so that the, so that it, when they when the protection goes down, because I believe it goes from top eight to top five to top three mm-hmm. in the next couple of seasons. So they didn't want it. They didn't want to get like the seventh pick and then keep their pick this year and then lose it next season when they only have a top five protection or a top three protection. Right. But they so, they benefited. I think they benefited from the fact that there there were three well known teams that were Suns, the Cavaliers, and the Bulls. Now, when people are like, well, "What? What about the Knicks? What about the Knicks?" Guys, when I if you if you would have seen how hard the Knicks played, like personally, and it wasn't like we were sitting down veterans just for the sake of you know trying to see what we have. Like, no, Cantor was. We already knew what we had in Cantor. He was a free agent. And we really, we really liked Mitchell Robinson. 
So that's where that benching came into play. It wasn't Matt Mitchell Robinson, a low key beast. Like Enos Cantor wasn't going to change our record if we would have started him um, over Mitchell. So yes, it, we we just weren't tanking. And honestly, I, honestly, I was going to say I think Mitchell Robinson is better for you guys starting because you know in coming seasons he'll be able to give you a lot of the the offensive possessions that Ennis Cantor gives you around the hoop without the jump shot. And he's a way better defender, like not even close. So I just think going forward for you guys next season, Mitchell Robinson was going to be the answer anyway. Right, right, right. But as as you were saying about getting rid of Ennis Cantor. Yeah, no, I was just basically just talking about how, like, that wouldn't have mattered because of the fact that, like, He's Enos Cantor. Like, as much as we had that big argument about him being a shot creator and all that good stuff, um, he was not going to change our record, like, I, like I've said numerous times. Um, he just wasn't. So, with that being said, there were three teams that were doing it. Kudos to Adam Silver for doing it wait, this wait. way. So, yeah. So, so you're not including the Knicks. You're not including the Hawks either? No, because the Hawks, didn't. they didn't really have good players to begin with. Um, so they, they weren't intentionally they, taken. They just sucked. Yeah, they they were just terrible. Um, <laughs> they they were just bad. And I think one of the players that noticed that they weren't taken is the wily veteran Vince Carter. I think I I respect his state and his career to think that if he were around a team that was really trying to tank, he would ask for a trade. Or some sort, or maybe to be be released. Like you know, he, he like he said, he wanted to be a mentor, and he you know he just wanted to help a team out as much as he could. So I feel like if he thought they were going to tank, that he would have you know he would have stepped in and said something, or stepped in and you know, because you got you got to think about it. No matter who's on the court, man, like these, like some of these guys are really trying to go out there and win. It's not like they're just chucking up crap, but between what the Bulls were putting out there. And the Suns signing Trevor Reza to try to cover up the fact that they wanted to tank. Um, and then who's the other? Oh, and the Cavaliers. We mm. They just did not play anybody over the age of 27. They had mm. Kevin Love after a while. They had J.R. Smith. They had Tristan Thompson. Um, those guys were not injured all season. But anyway, <laughs> that's neither here nor there. Zion is going to the Pelicans. Giles yep. going to the Grizzlies. And then from there, the draft gets freaky. Yeah, get a little freaky deaky. Yeah, we'll see. I don't. I personally kind of don't want R.J. Barrett in New York. Um, really? Yeah, yeah, man. We we've had bad history with with guys like R.J. Um, in the in the sense of what? What do you mean by like guys like R.J.? Like a score first, score second, and dish off to somebody if we trust them. Um, he, he just happened to have two people he kind of trusted in Cam Reddish and Zion Williamson. But um, there's too many times where RJ settled. He would step back for a three. And even though he was a very good standstill shooter, where if he didn't take a dribble, RJ was able to knock down the shot. But other than that, um, I don't know, man. I, I'm not I'm not too sure. I, want, I really want the Grizzlies to take RJ because I feel like they need a score more than anybody in the top three. Um but they're gonna take Jada to they yeah, they're gonna take Jada. Hands down. Yeah, yeah. hands down. Definitely. Um it just makes literally the most sense to draft Ja and then get what you can from Mike Conley. Even though uh, you know, some teams would probably be like, You have John ja Moran, you don't even want Conley, and he has a crazy contract for the next year and a half. So you yeah. can trade us him and get whatever we give you, or you could let 
You keep paying him thirty more million dollars to keep John Moran on ice, and have to deal with that. So I mean, like I said, Zion one, Ja two. I I want the Knicks to trade up and get Ja. Um, I kind of like his game better for what we're trying to do in New York, especially if we're going to get uh, some bona fide scores to come come through and play for us. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Ja and I think Kyrie would benefit from playing with a real point guard. I think at this stage in his career, Kyrie needs to move to a two. Uh, but guard ones, if that makes sense. Um, or do what, you know, Golden State does where they hide Steph Curry on the worst player and then just like, you know, Curry pretty much run around screens type of thing. Um, I don't think Kyrie has to run around screens per se, but, you know, yeah. just hide him on defense at this point in his career. So, mm-hmm. I mean, th- that's that. Um, I don't know. I know you guys are going to trade your pick for sure. I hope um, so. We just don't know to who. Because there's no rookie that's going to come in and take you guys to the playoffs. And LeBron knows it. Whoever your GM is knows it. I'm from the number four spot. Nah. Yeah, exactly. So I think that pick needs to be packaged. I It pains me to say it, but I know the Knicks aren't going to do it. So you guys should go get Bradley Beal. Go See, get that's what they're saying. They're saying if we don't get any anybody that's a worthy free agent, they're going to end up packaging the pick to try and get a Bradley Beal. Mm. But, wait, no. It's, they were saying if we don't get a worthy, worthy free agent, they're going to try and trade for Bradley Beal. But I still want to see them try and package this thing together for Anthony Davis. And then if not, like, I don't really, I don't even see like, a team giving us anything valuable. What are we really going to get for the number four pick? You know what I mean? You're going to get a hell of a trade. <laughs> That's what you're going to get with that number four pick. You're going to go get Bradley Beal, the desperate shooter that the, the Lakers should have got last year. While you're too busy focusing on trying Ball to get Anthony Davis, your punk asses should have been trying to get Bradley Beal, save him from Washington when they were having a fire sale. Now, they do if have – If we wanted to make the playoffs last season, yeah. Right, right, exactly. Now, I think you guys will have to wait – a little bit to get Bradley Beal, unless Washington is really ready to reset. Um, but they haven't given any indication on what they want to do, obviously. But mm-hmm. they have Jabari Parker, who has a player, I think a player option or team option for $20 million, uh, that they traded Otto Porter for. Uh, he played pretty decent. Uh, they have John Wall, who's coming back, obviously, with a massive contract to match and the now injury history to go with it also. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's all they really have. I think now is the time uh, because the whole it's, – it's, it's the worst unkept secret. Anthony Davis is not being traded to L.A. Um, they, yeah. The Pelicans have made it very clear that they're almost either going to try to convince him or almost switch to the East Coast. Which I think is funny because going back to the end of the trade deadline last season, it seemed like they fired their GM because he refused to make a trade with the Lakers for Anthony Davis. Mm. And now – even though they've gotten that man out of the position, they're still following the same line of thought that they refuse to trade the Lakers for Anthony Davis without looking at what the offers are. You know what I mean? And it's like, if you were going to get rid of the man for doing it, like, I don't understand how you're going to get rid of somebody and claim that it was for this reason. Well, they didn't, they didn't come out and say it was for that reason, but the wide, widely accepted school of thought was that it was because he refused to trade for the assets that we were willing to give up for Anthony Davis. Now, the organization is coming out and doing the same thing. It doesn't 
You know what I mean? It's, it's like, if you were going to, if he followed the, the, the same train of thought that you're going to follow, it doesn't make sense for you to have fired that GM. So what was the real reason? You know what I mean? So I don't understand the, the whole dynamic there. It's like, do you want to trade with us? Do you not want to trade with us? Are they just trying to play hard to get now so that we give them a better offer? Like, what is it? You know what I mean? Yeah, I I get you. And they fired because of the, I think it was just because of the result that every, like the way everything happened where it was pretty much he didn't trade him because he didn't want to, like he didn't want to succumb to the pressure. And the owner's like, do you know what kind of, drama you're causing within the team and the organization by you refusing to trade somebody who didn't want to be here like but that but i mean they're still going to trade him yeah i guess yeah. that was i guess that was the thing they were like oh you should have traded anthony davis even if you weren't going to trade him to the lakers i guess that is a good point right because the downturn of that was like okay we have the superstar who's made it well known that not only does he not want to play here he's he just doesn't like being here yeah. and now we have to because he's healthy to play, so now we have to play him by league mandate. And on top of that, the, the crowd doesn't like him. So you got the crowd booing their best player each time he touches the ball, practically. Um, and then you almost have to effectively shut him down. And then you're, they're, they were literally running from the league until the season was over, trying to cover up Anthony Davis's good health for once. We're talking about, oh, his hip. Oh, his, his, his wrist his his ring finger is is dislocated. What? What? Cut it out. Cut it out, man. So now you got other players who are watching this happen and seeing him walk in and walk out the locker room and it's just like a ill vibe and it was just a terrible way to close out the season. So but so 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 this is what I was going to say though is if the Lakers do make a trade offer mm-hmm. that the Pelicans refuse to listen to mm-hmm. and it gets leaked and it's leaps and bounds ahead of any other offer that either A, gets leaked, or B, gets accepted, are they not creating that same drama for themselves again? That's a good question. I would say no, only because the trade deadline is in February. So there's time to get this man good and gone. I think if the Lakers don't trade the the four people for the draft, it would be a massive fail. Why? Because now you don't have that first-round pick to dangle. Like, you don't get to let a team choose who they want by having that fourth pick. You now have to pick somebody. Who wanted whoever you picked. Right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So now what you can do is you can always draft and trade. You know, that works too. But if I'm the Lakers, I don't want to see the number four pick uh, transpire come June. What is it? June 20-something, I think. I was going to say, is it the 20th? Excuse me. June 20th. No, you're good. I think it is. But I also just thought about it. Um, I'm not sure when you can actually start trading again. I'm not sure if it's the first week of June. I think it's the week before the draft, actually. Not that I really sit here and think about it. Um, but either way, if I'm a Lakers fan, um, I, I don't want to see that pick. And they also moved up free agency to the night of June 30th, 6 o'clock p.m. Yeah, they moved it six hours up. Yeah, I think that's pretty cool, too. I don't know. I don't know what made them think to do that. I think um, it's interesting that they did that. So I think the reason that they did it is because back, you know, back in the day, you wouldn't see a player, especially the top, you know, the top free agents available. You wouldn't see them deciding who they were going to before free agency actually 
kicked in. You know what I mean? Like now, a pl- you know, whoever the top free agent is makes his dis- decision by that midnight dead uh, opening. You know what I mean? Right. And it doesn't make sense for the biggest news in NBA in the NBA offseason to be dropped at midnight. <laughs> exactly. Which so is... I think that's why they did it. And they'll they'll get a lot more uh, press coverage and a lot more internet. They'll get a lot more social media interactions. Exactly. Um, even though us, not us, but like people who are up late, you know, and like basketball, will probably be talking about it. Imagine coming home from work and now hearing that Kevin Durant just signed with the Knicks. The internet's gonna break. Um, even though it's probably also one of the worst unkept secrets, um, he's going to the Knicks. Just think about how the internet might shut down if him and Kyrie both decide to sign on the thirtieth of June. Um, the internet <clears throat> very well might shut down. <laughs> you can't have it shutting down at midnight, <laughs> right? Exactly, and it's gonna be like, huh? No one else is up, and then everyone wakes up like, oh my god, Kevin Durant, oh my god, Kyrie, oh my god, oh my god, oh my yeah. god. Yeah. So that that's that. And um, all right, so tell me, Mo, who who you got to win the championship before I let you let you rock out this season? Yes, sir. Oh, ooh. it's unfortunate. I know. Just say it. Um, if if KD is back and fully healthy for the finals, obviously I'm going with the Warriors. I don't think anybody really has the firepower to mess with them still. If KD is still having you know calf issues or whatnot. By the time the series starts and he's like, you know what I mean? He's not full health by the time he's like, you know, mid-series. I want to go with the Raptors still. I think, you know, I think they, they, this this is what I'm going to say. It's a a completely biased and like purely emotional statement. But the Raptors in Kawhi have the most killer mentality player left in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I think that that holds weight. That's something that, like, I think that was a problem that the Sixers had. The Sixers in that final game, nobody really was like, yo, I'm stepping up and I'm making sure we get there. And it was very apparent throughout that entire game, Kawhi was the guy like, no, I'm taking these shots. I'm If we're going to get there, it's going to be because of me. <laughs> like, You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, no, I, I get you. So it's just like having having that killer mentality guy in a in a final series, mm-hmm. especially the way that I don't know if you watched the game again. Oh yeah, you did watch the game against the Sixers. It seemed like he in, energized his team in trying to be that guy on offense, and they were able to have a lot more energy on defense in that game. Mm-hmm. So when you ha- when you have that guy, I think it, that's the real benefit that it gives you is when you have somebody that you can. Not only is the team already leaning on them, but when the team is leaning on them in the biggest situations, he's like, all right, cool, climb on the back. You know what I mean? He's not like, no, I need some help. I need, you know what I mean? Oh, I, I got to kick it out. He's like, no, go ahead, climb on the back. I'm going to take us to the top of the mountain. And that energizes your team to a, to a level that I think can't really be spoken for. Okay. I respect it. I hope, <sighs> well, I just heard that the Raptors are being spanked by twenty five. So oh yeah, they getting their asses. Yeah, so Whoop. I'm a, I'm a gonna have to say the Bucks. I don't they want it to be lift. the Bucks, but I don't want it to be the Warriors even more. So let's go Bucks. Um, I can't believe I, I used to like the Bucks. Murray Allen was there. I I, I fuck with the Bucks. 
even Michael Red to a degree. Mm. But bring it back. The minute someone said Giannis was better than KD and he was the best player in the league, I just had to back off the Bucks train. I was just like, all right. Since this right, is the my bandwagon getting a little too crowded. This is the this is the train to the NBA Finals. I'm gonna go ahead and get off here before the playoffs start. <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and, and jump jump ship, y'all. Thank you. I appreciate the ride. This is the train too. I'm good. I'm good. He said, he said, "Thanks for bringing me this far, but I got it from here." Coming your way next, we have some topics within the NFL that cover, you know, whatever the hell the Jets are doing in their front office. Uh, compared to the Giants picking up a lineman that I think the Jets should have picked up, and we also have a little more <laughs> Daniel Jones, <laughs> some Daniel Jones mocking to do in this here uh, segment coming your way next. J E T S Jets Jets Jets. <laughs> With the question mark on the end. Yo, I don't like Adam Gaze. I just, I just, I'm not. Already? He has me. Like, haven't even, he hasn't bro, even I didn't like game. him in Miami. You think I'm going to like him because he came to my team? No. <laughs> He's boo-boo. He is boo-boo. Why you would sign a division rival head coach who did absolutely nothing because he's a what, right. quarterback whisperer? Hell, do you know how many quarterback whisperers there are out there in the world? Pick a different one. <laughs> Make him, quote-unquote, the, uh, what, what do they call it? Major League Baseball players who aren't coaches but are, oh, special advisor. Make him the special advisor to fucking Sam Darnold. Don't make him the head coach. Sheesh. All right, I'm done. My rant is done. Oh, oh, you, you done? You done on your little rant? Yeah, yeah. I, I was watching I was watching them warm up and stuff and the highlights and stuff. They were showing to Sam Darnold. I think Sam Darnold actually is going to be pretty good. Ain't going get some weapons. Thank you. I think he I well wait, 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 wait. If he gets some weapons. Yeah, Robbie Anderson is not a clear cut number one to me. He's about a number two. We got we got weapons. We don't we don't need a number one right now. We can we can make it. We'll be fine. We all got in Baltimore. I think making it more of the so, same of what you've been doing recently. What do you mean? We just got the top, we got a top five running back in the league. Yo, let's no, no. But what is what about your passing game, bro? We got a top ten. We got a top ten slot receiver in the league. Who? Jamison Crowder. Oh my Jesus Christ! So you gonna sit here and tell me Jamison Crowder is not, name name me five slot receivers better than Jamison Crowder? It's like a two or three option. He's not a one, bro. When do te- teams don't care for number one options anymore? They're overrated. Think about it. Think about, it, for example, only a few teams have clear-cut number one running backs. Am I right? I'm talking about receivers, bro, bro, bro. That's what he meant. He meant receivers. Either, either way, look at the Patriots. Who was their number one receiver last year? That's a different animal, bro. Don't, oh, do not, no, no, do no, not, no, 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 no. Hold on, hold on. Time out, time out. He's got a point. He's got a point. Don't do it. No, no, no. Stat makes a very good point. When was the last time you saw a top? You were asking we have. No, no, no. You, you specifically, when was the last time you saw a top 10 receiver take his team to the playoffs? I mean, not to the playoffs, to the, to the Super Bowl. What was the last time it happened? With, 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 no, with no running back. Hello? Not a single one. Not a single one. I mean, I guess Julio. Julio went to the... Julio? I mean, he went to the Super Bowl. He ain't winning. Yeah, he was there. Went. He was there. He was, you know, waving oh, from the, from the sidelines. I can't hear Mo. He was there. He was definitely there. <laughs> yeah, but but that, I was but like, that's why what I'm saying. Like, you, 
oh my bad. But that's that's what I'm saying is you look back, Patriots don't really have a I mean Josh Gordon is a good receiver. He's, you know, one of the better receivers in the league, but you wouldn't say he's the top ten anymore. You know, you look back at Seattle. Seattle didn't have a, you know, phenomenal standout receiver in their receiving core. They did it by committee. Right. You know? Right. I mean, we all knew who the number one option, quote unquote, was, but I mean, he wasn't like a oh shit, we gotta guard Doug Baldwin. Doug yeah. Baldwin. Doug, Doug Baldwin. That's what I'm saying. Like or Golden Tate. Like, you know what I mean? Like Yeah, I know I know what you mean. This is really the, who needs the clarification. You know, you look at the Eagles when the Eagles beat the beat the Patriots. Did they was it was Alshon Jeffrey even on the team at that point? Like I think he was. But Alshon Jeffrey is still not he's not a Julio Jones. He's not a Odell Beckham. Mm-hmm. You know? And even like and that's why I said without having help around them, because the last one I would say was A B Antonio Brown with the Steelers, but he had Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, right. You're right. So, you know, it's just I don't think that I don't think that having a number the best it's definitely receiver by committee to be now. It's definitely a receiver by committee thing. And that's why I was gonna talk about the Mike Remmer assignment. Because mm-hmm. I think like you said, if if they had if the Jets had signed Mike Remmers, that would have been good for y'all too. Because now at the very least the Giants can follow the formula of letting the run game take you to the playoffs. Right. You know? Because mm-hmm. we, we we weren't going to be able to, you know, you got rid of Odell. So now you got to rely on Golden Tate, Sterling Shepard. you got to rely on Evan Ingram. All these guys are chain movers. They're not people who are going to give you big playability. But if you lean on Saquon Barkley to get you, you know, six yards and seven yards in your first two downs easily. Any of those guys can catch a three yard, four yard route on most of the people in the league. So I think that's, that's, that was, that was the power in that signing is now. Well, Nate, so that was the other thing I was going to say. Nate Solder actually underwent surgery. I think it was yesterday or today. So Nate mm-hmm. Solder's going to be out to start the season. Right. But when you look at the giants line, we have Nate Solder, Will Hernandez, we don't really have a standout center, but, you know, the center position, if you had to ha- hide somebody on your line, I think the center position is where you want to do it. Right. And we got Jalapio there now, and then you have Zietler and Remmers. That's a, that's a def- decent starting offensive line right there. And if they actually start Daniel Jones instead of Eli Manning, he gives you the ability to move the pocket. You know what I mean? You can't move the pocket with Eli Manning, but you can move the pocket with Daniel Jones. So Daniel Jones. You move you move the pocket, you get you get Saquon going, you start moving the pocket to get Daniel Jones time to get hit these people on the run. Daniel Jones. Oh, are you gonna say that every time I say this this man's name for the next year? <laughs> yes, because it's like who the hell is Daniel Jones? Man, get over it. I have. He's on the team. Like, Well, you're a Giants fan. You have to get over it. I don't. <laughs> I can talk about this for years. But you know what? I really do hope he turns out to be what he's being compared to, which is Eli 2.0. Because, I mean, yeah, that's what you kind of need, right? No, I don't even want him to be Eli 2.0. I want him to be somebody else. <laughs> like who? Nigga, anybody else? Oh, cause I need I need answers. You know, I, I don't even I don't even want a pocket QB no more. I want a little little scrambler type QB. 
<laughs> somebody who go get out of the pocket. I'm tired to see it. I'm tired to see it. Our our QB just crumble because our offensive line can't protect him in the pocket. You know what I mean? But somebody who can get out of the pocket, move the pocket, extend plays. That's what I want now. I want somebody who's going to extend the plays for us. Hmm. Okay. You know what I mean? That sounds and, and, good, I guess. I mean, yeah. And Eli Manning, you know, whether it be Eli Manning or Daniel Jones in the pocket, if it's collapsing, it doesn't matter how good of a passer that guy is. And everybody can see that Eli Manning is scared of his own ghost now because anybody gets through that pocket. He's folding. He's crumbling. <laughs> that man is folding under the pressure like a wet nap in a motherfucking paper bag. I don't know. But that man is folding. Yes. So yes, if, we have, if we have somebody who's at least going to see the pressure coming up the middle and try and, you know, scramble out to the right or out to the left and extend the play, right. that to me is, is a much better option than having somebody who's just going to stand in the pocket all day and wait for somebody to get open. Right. Okay. That's, that's good to hear. I'm I'm glad you're you're a little more upbeat, huh? Um you don't really have much of a choice. I don't, I don't is, but it is good that you are indeed at least trying. And that that is what matters, right guys? Trying. I don't think it matters at all. Participation sports. You know what I'm saying? You get a participation medal for just trying to be a good sport. So yeah. I, I guess I guess that works out, right? Yeah, it works out. No, no, it doesn't. Once again, we thank you guys for joining GitLab with the crew this week. Um, one more episode left in the season. Next week will be the last episode of season two. Um, you guys might want to tune in for that. It's going to be a great one. I'm going to try to get some uh, special guests on for the last show of the season. Um, and Oh, while I have your attention, go check out Get Live with the Crew's interview on Li on the Rise. On Instagram is Li underscore on underscore the underscore rise. Go check that out. Um, it's going to be available May 21st. May 21st. Yes, May 21st is going to be available on YouTube. You guys can follow me on IG. I will have the link readily available for you when it is up there. And as always, we encourage you guys to donate. You know what I'm saying? Go ahead and help us out. Yeah, Because, look, if you help us out, we help you out with the content. You feel me? The content get better with the more donations we accept. And we offer three packages, $0.99, cents, $4.99, and $9.99. You know what I'm saying? You might as well just go with the one in the middle. You know what I'm saying? $5 ain't going to hurt you. You know what I'm saying? If, if you really want to break it down, that's almost like $0.25 cents a day. You can... For 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 a small fee of twenty five cents a day, you can support your favorite podcast. <laughs> so with that, guys, we thank you for tuning in. Love you and appreciate you always. See you next week for the season finale of Get Live with the Crew. <laughs>